It's Metal Church right here on your Classic Metal Show with the fake healer. I need your credit card. It's the money that I need. Otherwise, I'll let you fucking die. Yeah, pal. <laughs> what a poignant song. Yeah. It, it holds up. It That's does. 88 or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, as as uh, Cinderella so eloquently sang, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think Joel Olstein likes that song. He might. <laughs> he might run from it. <laughs> He's the fake healer for sure. He's definitely a fake healer. <laughs> well, last week uh, you chimed in for a short time, and and uh, you were out, uh, you know, out and about with with your uh, posse. I was, and uh, you know, you hung out with our good friend uh, Eric Farentinos, and and yes. you know, you uh, had a good time. So now that you're sober and you've got a clear <laughs> head. Uh, yeah. take us through the night's events. Oh, uh, I mean, there's not that much to tell that I didn't tell, you know, it was just a, <clears throat> it was just a party, man. We, we got there and Eric was there, you know, he, he hooked us up. We get in, we went back, we sat down, we started drinking. <laughs> now, did, <laughs> did you, did you see Martha Davis? Um, um, was she the old lady on the walker? <laughs> Yeah, she did not age well. I, I did take a picture. Oh. I did take a picture with her. She, she, I did see her, and I did not because I was afraid she'd break. <laughs> you know, she really looks old. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that to be mean. Yeah. And I'm just... not trying to be ageist or anything. I, I mean, we, we know a lot of people that are roughly her age that are in music. Yeah. But man. I guess the the years affect the women different than the guys. I well, guess. didn't didn't she have like breast cancer at some point, or wasn't she oh. sick at some point? Like, yeah, maybe, last Saturday, apparently. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> talking about didn't she have like some life threatening uh, pro- disease or something? Like about ten years ago, she was like having she was ill. I think she was ill at some point. I don't know, but man, she looked like she stepped out of a hospital bed onto the stage. Yeah. I mean, she really, it would shock me none if the reason that their door was closed was because she keeps an IV in her arm to keep her pumped up. <laughs> wow. I mean, she looks old. She looks like she's 80 years old. Yeah, she does. I mean, I, she, uh, when I was in the dressing room there with, uh, Eric and hanging out with Sal and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. she came through and, and, uh, said hello and, you know, before they went on. And then after the show was over, we were just kind of all hanging out there. And she came, you know, off the stage and walked through the dressing room to her dressing room. And everybody applauded her, you know, and she was really nice. And then, you know, afterwards they were doing their meet and greet and photos and stuff. So I just jumped in there just for nostalgia purposes to grab a photo with her, you know. And she was really nice. And she just looked at me and she goes, I love the hair. (laughs) I was just like, okay, thanks. Yeah, she's like, where can I buy some? Just like, <laughs> she's like, mine's all blue, no diamond. <laughs> yeah. So uh, overall, though, you you obviously had a great time. Oh yeah, we had a we had a fun time. It was it was so funny because you know, and, and I told this a little bit last week, but we were there, and the guy from When in Rome, the the singer guy. Yeah, I, I don't know his name, but clearly was annoyed because we were we were jammed into 
we were, and you've probably been there, but I'll explain it for the people that have not. The backstage area at the House of Shit in fucking Cleveland is really, it's four rooms. There's a big room, and then there's a little hallway with three small rooms in it. Well, they closed the big room, of course, and they closed one of the three, one of the three in the hallway rooms. So you had one room for the motels, which was the big dressing room, and that door was shut, and nobody was going in and out of there. You know, probably because they were weren't sure if he was alive or not, and didn't want to <laughs> spoil the surprise. Yeah, but but then you had when in Rome and um, bow, wow, wow in the smaller room. And in the smaller room, there was a chair, a couch, like a, a bench and a, um, a counter, like two counters, like a counter on one wall and a, and a little counter with a fridge. And that was all the room that there was. Well, you had all the, all the people from bow, wow, wow in the room. Then you had the when in Rome people in the room. And then you added four more, two of them my size. So you 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 know you had all these people jammed into this little tiny room, and when we got in there, Eric was like, "Hey, have a seat." So we all sat down. Well, now there's nowhere for the fucking band to sit. <laughs> so we're all sitting there. We're you know we're drinking, and Eric's Eric's passing out beers and stuff, and we're we're just drinking and having a good time. And the way the couch was situated, it was. There was like a chair in the corner and that guy, Lee Gorman, the, 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 ba- yeah, the, the basis for bow, wow, wow. And the founding member, the founding bow, wow, wow guy had the chair. Eric was kind of standing in front of me next to the, next to the fridge. I was sitting on the end of the couch. Then, um, Kelly was sitting next to me and then Scotty was sitting next to her and then there was like one more, like a folding chair and Stephanie was sitting on that. Well, that's all the fucking chairs. (laughs) So, so the girl, you know, the, the girl from bow, wow, wow. And the, you know, the drummer and, um, you know, everybody else is all standing around. Right. And so is the win in Rome guys. And, and the win in Rome guy, you know, we got back their Their set, I think started at like eight o'clock, I think. Mm -hmm. And we got backstage about seven 30. Right. So we're, we're back there. It's now like seven forty seven forty five, and, and dude just wants to change his clothes. And so he's like, he's like, Hey, do you guys mind, you know, going out for a couple minutes so I can change just for a couple of minutes. And I immediately was like, yeah, yeah. You know, no problem. Right. I start to get up. Eric goes, no, 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 you stay here. And he looks at when in Rome guy and he goes, you go in the bathroom over here. Oh, wow. Okay. And he told him to go in the bathroom. So dude just looked at me and I could tell he was annoyed. Yeah. And as he should have been, he should have been annoyed. So I just, at some point I just gathered my troops and was just like, come on, we'll go, we'll go wait out there. Let these guys get ready for their gig. So they, you know, we go, we hang out in the hallway for 10 minutes or whatever. And they, they, we see them go by and I text Eric and I say, Hey, is, is it cool? And he's like, yeah, come on back in. So then we just come and we hang out. So it, it was never really spoken about at first, but then, you know, it got to be when Bow Wow Wow was going to go on. So we, we go out to the, to the front, you know, we, we go to the front and 
we watch Bow Wow Wow play and then I text Eric and he's like, yeah, come on back. And, you know, so we, we come back and dude was like apologizing when in Rome, dude was apologizing like nobody's business. <laughs> he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry that I had to kick you out, but we had to get ready. Yeah. And, blah, blah, blah. And, I, and I was like, dude, it's all good, man. It's, you know, it, it was cool. And, yeah. This is your space. I mean, we're just it, a guest here. And I told him, I was like, you know, we, I was like, dude, I'm not trying to step on your dick here. You know, I, I, I get it. This is your, this is your deal. Well, he liked the fact that I was like straight up guy and not annoyed. Yeah. So then he starts pouring me these full solo cups of Tito's. Yeah. And me and that guy's just started pounding fucking Tito's <laughs> <laughs> and we drank, he had a whole bottle of Tito's, which pretty much him and I drank and it was like, oof, I, I ended up feeling no pain at the end yeah how, how good is tito's and that I like it's i mean for for all the vodka in the world that mm-hmm. you know vodka has been around for forever to, mm-hmm. to, to have an upstart company come in like that and and you know become as popular as they have yeah it's good it is it's real good it's i mean is it gray goose good no but it's not paramount either yeah i mean it's 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 pretty good I mean, what does a bottle of Tito's cost? 35 bucks, 40 bucks? Well, depending on the size, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's something for a fifth, probably about 35 bucks, right? Yeah, about that. A handle is, is about 35. All right. So we were, we, you know, we're, we, we got nice and buzzed up on it. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I mean, my, uh, my, it, when I do have some, uh, cocktails or I do drink vodka, I, I typically will either drink Tito's or I'll drink, uh, Sky. Right. You know, the, Sky's good. Yeah, Sky's real good. It's not real expensive, but it's, but it's a real good, uh, smooth. It doesn't have any, it's not real sharp. Yeah. And, well, and it's, it's really, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good vodka. So that's, yeah. that's my, that's my vodka choice. If I have choice at a bar or something, or if I have it here at the house, you know, I, I typically will buy sky. And if I'm yeah. out at a bar and you know, there's a mixed drink that involves uh vodka, I usually will have Tito's. Yeah. Tito, I, I mean, Tito's, the thing about Tito's is it's, it's smooth. Yeah, it you is know, for, for a cheaper, for a cheaper vodka, it's pretty smooth. You know, I mean, unlike Paramount that just, you know, makes your teeth hurt as it goes past. <laughs> makes your you know, teeth I mean, hurt. I mean, Paramount is like, it's like drinking paint remover. <laughs> oh, uh, but for, for cheap, it's, it's a, it's a good cheap vodka. That's what I'll say. You know, I mean, I would much rather get a bottle of Grey Goose if I was going to drink when I was, when I was drinking a fifth a day during my divorce time, I was drinking Grey Goose. every day. Wow. Look at you. I had expensive tastes. Fancy man. Yeah, you were. A bottle. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I went through so much fucking money in that year. Man, I'm sure my, you my, did. My fucking accountant was like all over my ass. He's like, what is all this fucking alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shut up. Just take my check. Pay my bills. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was just a fun hang. There's no real major stories other than the, the driving home story, which I already told, you know, there's no, there's no real major stories. It was just a good fun night out. I'm glad I took a week off to go do it. Yeah. Well, it, what was really funny though, is, is the, the few people that I've conversed with mm-hmm. uh, who heard the show. And I want to thank my good friend, Jim Bob for stepping in 
Absolutely. He did a pretty good job for having, having not been behind the mic in about six years. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought he did well. I listened to most of it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, he, he, he definitely, you know, brought his own perspective to the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, I had to thank him. But uh, the a few people uh, that I may have text with or some, the 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 the, um, the question is: Chris went to Bow Wow Wow. Why is that even shocking? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. It's just what you I I want. You mean that I want candy band? That's that he went to see. It's like yeah. He, I, I said I went to see it. I was there Thursday. Yeah. You went to see Bawa. Now, see, you going to me is stranger than me going. <laughs> I suppose because you don't listen. I mean, you, you, your, your listening, you know, music starts with starts with anthrax and ends with zebra. They better fall <laughs> in there. It's, it can't. Be, I mean, you don't listen to any kind of rap, and I guarantee you, back in the flock of seagulls days, you didn't have. You didn't have a human league record. No, or didn't I, I didn't. No, fucking, I did not listen to any of that. No, didn't have any of that stuff. You didn't buy. You didn't ever fucking sing "Hold Me Now" by the Thompson no, Twins. No, I think the only the only uh, the furthest I stretched out into that pop world is that you know I've mentioned I like Quarter Flash. I'm a Quarter Flash yeah. fan and In Excess. I love In Excess. But even that, both of those bands were more rock than than whatever you want to call that synth pop yeah synth pop exactly you know they they're way more rock edged and that's not you you know you being that and, and me dude it ain't nothing for me to be sitting around listening to debbie gibson or, or, <laughs> well or, i did like to watch the debbie gibson videos i will admit that yeah. fuck yeah she was she was kind of hot in a in a weird blue sweater kind of way <laughs> I like or Lisa, 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 and the call jam head to toe, (laughs) baby, or expose as we've covered before. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, I liked all that shit. You know, to pow, thank you, ass fire. To pow was another one I liked. That was a little more rock too, I think. To pow, yeah, and that song, heart and soul, yeah, a bit of heart and soul. You know, no, I don't love New Order, asshole. That's fucking bag music there. <laughs> Look at me making a distinction. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it was just funny. The You know, Chris went to see, it's like, yeah, yeah we went to see, went to, it was just a hangout thing. It was fun. Yeah, I, dude, didn't matter. We no, Let's be honest. We weren't there to see the music. We were not there. I wasn't there to see the music. I, I mean, I enjoyed their set, but I'm not a Bow Wow Wow fan. I like I Want Candy. That was a cool song, I guess. That's not even their song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I had to, I had, this is a story I didn't tell uh, last week because of, you know, your drunken state. And it was about mm-hmm. you and your experience. But when I went <laughs> Thursday, the yeah. Thursday before you went, uh, I took Sal with me. Okay. And Sal and I went and had dinner at Harry Carey's, which is half a block from the House of Blues here. Sure. And we went and had a nice dinner and stuff, hung out, uh, kind of goofed on the waiter a little bit. And he was cool. He, he you know, he uh, he got the joke. Okay. Sal, Sal is always, Sal is always, I don't know if he's taken aback or he's amused, but he thinks it's funny how I fuck with everybody. Oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, you definitely do that. You know, that I goof on people, you know, and it's in a good natured way, you know, but I, but it's very subtle. And well, the thing is with you is you do it in a way that can go either way. <laughs> true. That is true. It could, it can be subtle and everybody gets, it gets the joke or it can be the other way where they don't get the joke and they're immediately pissed that you know <laughs> dunking their dunking their genitals in your drink because because they think you're an asshole. Right, of course. You know. And I get that. I, I, I get yeah. that. Believe me, I do. Mm-hmm. But uh the waiter that uh, we had, he he was kind of funny because he you know, here in in downtown Chicago where you have all this competitiveness with these, you know, uh, middled up or scale restaurants. Sure. They're all very, very buttoned down uh, okay. as far as the wait staff is concerned. You know, they, they, they wear the um, they wear like the white apron, like the butcher's apron. And they they're they're very knowledgeable about the menu and they know, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing is, is people are so fucking anal about going to a restaurant instead of just ordering a steak and, you know, say some asparagus on the side and, you know, maybe some au gratin potatoes or something like that. Mm-hmm. They they want to know the ingredient content. How much GMO is in this and how much, you know, starch is in this and how it's like fucking eat it. Yeah, you're you're not what what are you doing? Go to the grocery store and buy that shit then, you bitch. Yeah. Make it yourself. So so this guy was telling me, you know, because he, he was running down the menu, which to me, I don't care because he started getting into the whole explanation. Well, this only has 30 fat grams and this only has, I said, dude, I don't care. I Order me a fucking steak. I didn't say fucking, yeah. but you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not going to worry about that stuff. Yeah. I, I, and it, so I kind of was being complimentary. I said, I said, do you really know this menu? And he just kind of rolled his eyes and he goes, dude, you don't, you wouldn't believe the number of seminars we have to come in here and we have to learn this. We have to learn this menu and know all the ingredients of each individual item and know what the fat content is and the GMO and the, and the, the starch and the, this, I I said, you're, you're kidding me, right? He goes, oh, no, people need to know that. So he was running down. I said, well, well, let me uh, take a look at the steak right here. It says grass-fed beef. So then because he, he said he had to know about all the ingredients, it said grass-fed beef. I said, now, how do I know this is grass-fed instead of grain-fed? Is there some kind of certificate that you bring out to the table to prove that the side of beef that I'm getting is was actually certified grass-fed or you know, was there any kind of uh, ingredients in the in this uh, cow's food that uh, was other than grass fed that I should know about? <laughs> is this is this green grass like here? Is it Kentucky bluegrass? Yeah. Is it, it crabgrass like in California? <laughs> Explain that. What kind of grass is it? And unfortunately, there are people like that. Oh God! You know what I mean? And it's just like I if somebody is really like that and they're asking about these things. Like you said, just, just go home. Yeah. Just make it yourself. Hire a chef. Yeah. Hire a chef. Tell them what you want. Tell them you want a steak with 22 grams of fat and, um, you know, mushrooms that are sauteed with a, um, whatever <laughs> taste on it and, and, and stay home. Stop yeah. fucking annoying us. Yeah. Me, I, I look at the menu, go, yeah, bring me one of those, one of those and one of those and make it snappy. <laughs> same way. Dude, I, I eat a lot at Brown Derby. Okay. There's a brown, there's a brown Derby near me. And it's probably the best place locally for 
where I can get a good a good steak meal for about about thirty five bucks, thirty five to forty bucks. You get a giant fucking porterhouse, twenty two ounce porterhouse, thirty five bucks, and it's fucking solid. Yeah, I cannot imagine going. Well, you know where where are these cows from? Where what did they eat? Where you know. When were they butchered? How old were they when they were butchered? I need to know this. It's like, shut the fuck up. What year do they need to be when they were butchered? Six? Oh, that's exactly when they were then. You fucking assholes. Yeah. Stay home. Yeah. Nice, nice uh, Napoleon Dynamite uh, reference there, Kendall. <laughs> Did the cow get into an onion patch? <laughs> nice. But yeah, it's that kind of stuff. So, you know, the waiter kind of got that. We were just like, yeah, we're not snooty dudes. We're just here to have some drinks and have some good food. Right. You know, that's it. Yeah. So it's that- funny too, because they'll, they'll pitch a bitch about the fucking steak, but they'll put any old fucking drink that they get thrown in front of them in, in their mouth. <laughs> you know that they, they will. They, they'll say, yeah, give me a, give me a rum and Coke. And if they just fling them, some bottom shelf shit. They won't know the difference. They won't know the difference. They'll just drink it. You know, it's fucking stupid. It is stupid. So, uh, you know, after we left Harry Carey's, we walked up to, uh, the house of blues and, and I get it in today's environment, uh, the unfortunate situation in today's environment, you have to go through four checkpoints to get into this fucking place. You have to go through four checkpoints. You, you, you get your ticket at the window. If you're picking your ticket up, mm-hmm. then you go past the first person and they scan your ticket, right? Then you go to the second person. They look at your ticket. Then they want to look at your ID. Then you go to the third person. Then they want to frisk you and wand you. This is to get a steak. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the House of Blues. Oh, I thought you. I was no, like, no, 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 no. I said after we left Harry Carey's, oh. we walked up to the House of Blues. I missed that part. Sorry. And you, you have to go through four checkpoints. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then you have to go, and just before you go up the stairs into the main room, then they look at your pass and your ticket and everything again. Mm-hmm. It's like you slip past the first three, but somehow this fourth guy is going to catch you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just unreal. They pat you down and they scan your ticket and look at your ID and, you know, all this other stuff just to get into this place. And meanwhile, there's more security than there is fucking fans at the motels. Yeah. Show. So, so we go and do the show and meet up with Eric and he takes us upstairs to the dressing room area. Mm-hmm. And sure. just, just like you, uh, we had to walk through the, the dressing room that the motels had to get to the area where Bow Wow Wow and, uh, yeah. uh Win and Rome were at. Okay. And so Eric, before we get to the dressing room where motels are at, he goes, shh. He said, don't say anything. Don't make any noise. These guys are really cerebral. He said, I've never seen anyone have so much not fun on tour. (laughs) (laughs) What time was this? This was like 730. That's Martha's bedtime normally. You know, and and so we walk in and these, these, I don't know what you want to call them. They're they're just kind of 
studious looking guys yeah. <laughs> just sitting on the couch, you know, reading books and like it's a library, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and he's just like, shh, don't say anything. Martha sitting in the corner reading the New Yorker. Yeah, no, she, she wasn't in there, but the, the band was. Oh. And, so and those we, aren't even the real guys. No, they're not they? the real guys. Uh, Martha and the other, what I think the guitarist, they're, okay. they're, they're the originals, and then the other guys are the fill-in guys, but they're just all sitting there quiet, reading books like they're in a library. Yeah. You know, and so we, we get on by them and get into their room, and Eric's all right, who wants a drink? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Eric Eric poured me a um, a whiskey and and Pepsi. I, I, he was drinking some kind of Irish whiskey or something, right? And uh, and a Pepsi. And Sal had a beer, and you know Lee and the other th- three come in. And so anyway, um, Eric is like, "So how you guys doing, man? It's good that you came out. I'm so glad. It's good to see some familiar faces and some friends, and you know, so on and so forth." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I appreciate you inviting us out. You know, we were looking forward to hanging." And right. uh, and uh, he goes, "So he was telling me some stories about." I said, "Man, I said I'm glad you got in here because the day before uh, we had some, you know, some snowstorm come in." And he goes, "Yeah, he says driving that minivan." He said that that was a little tough getting in here, but but we made it. And so then he was telling me about how he's doing all the driving, right? While the other two sit there, and then Lee and his chick is following them in a in a separate car. (laughs) And I I said, "Who does he think he is, Steve Perry?" (laughs) (laughs) He's got Sherry next to him. Exactly. Singing to. (laughs) I didn't know if they got the joke or not, but yeah. They they probably didn't get it. Meanwhile, in your head, you're you're fucking singing the song to yourself. You told the joke, and then you're like, "You should have been gone." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got the joke. Yeah, I know you did. I knew you would. So so we were just kind of hanging out there and stuff, and then um, you know the Win and Rome guys came in, and um, I was talking to them, and we got into a discussion about chips enough. Okay. And uh, the Win Win and Rome guy. I guess he's worked a lot with Chip. Yeah. And so we were doing our Chip impressions. It's good to see you, brother. <laughs> hey, buddy. How are you? And and I said, well, speaking of Chip, I said, why isn't he here? He goes, oh, he's on that rock cruise. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said but otherwise, I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to be in town once you come down. And he goes, yeah, brother, I'm on the rock cruise, you know. Wish I could be there, but I'll be on the boat. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we were cutting up about that, and then then it got into the whole who do you know stuff, and then Eric right. the Eric was telling me about you know writing new songs with Stephen Piercy, right? And he played me uh, one of the tracks that that's probably going to end up as a bonus track on like a rat retrospective or something like that. Okay, as a new song. Nice. But it was very rat, very rat okay. sounding. Well, that that's good. Yep. So so he shared that with me, and and uh, you know we were just kind of hanging out, cutting up and joking, and you know of course we went out uh, on the main floor to go see see Eric and the band uh, perform, sure. and it's just really funny because oh well, the other thing is is I know you're not a gear guy and you could give shit about guitars yeah. and you called Eric's guitar stupid. Did you hear that, <laughs> Eric? Chris referred to your your Gretsch as stupid. 
did. I did. personally, I liked it. We so we got into uh, got into a discussion. I said, well, "Who do you think you are, Billy Duffy of the Cult?" You know, and he got that right away. Dude, I love the Cult. He says, yeah. "I said Chris hates him." Yeah, I do. I said, "So when you see Chris, hate on Chris, will you?" Well, he didn't say nothing to me about the Cult. <laughs> I'm sure he didn't. But but he was showing me the new guitar. He goes, yeah, dude, I had to go down to uh, Guitar Center, and this is the only guitar I packed, and I got this little amp, and he was telling me, yeah, you know, I dropped, yeah, I think it was like 1200 bucks on this, and the little amp yeah. was like $800, and I had to get ready and <laughs> to come out here on, on tour. And it was it's so funny because when, you know, as you saw the show, Mm-hmm. He's up there jamming on his guitar, jumping up and down. <laughs> right. It's just like, wow, look at all those 80s moves. <laughs> yeah. Now, it, it, dude, it's funny about the amp, too, because he told me that story about the amp. And he goes, yes, yeah, I had to buy this gear special because I didn't have anything that, that sounded like this or whatever. And he's like, I had to go get this amp and it was 800 bucks. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you go to Goodwill? <laughs> me Just me being a dick. Yeah. And, yeah, why didn't you go to Goodwill? I'm sure they had that. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it was funny just sitting there discussing his gear with him, and you know. Uh, but then he was telling me, he goes, "Yeah, it was just us in there. Nobody else from the band was in there at the time." And he goes, "Yeah," he says, "You know, I was sitting there. We got into talking about the show a little bit." Yeah. Because he he made like a reference or two to something we said. I said, "Man, you really do listen to the show." He goes. I said, did you happen to hear that segment we released last week that uh, Neely and Chris are just jaded fucks? Yeah. He goes, oh, my God, dude. I listened to that last night. You know, me and the drummer and, and uh, the – I can't remember the girl's name. Uh, we or something? I, I can't remember. So he says, we, we were there, uh, you know, um, at our place where we are staying, and I was, like, cooking some food, and they were just sitting there together and – uh, we were talking, and they really got me all pissed off and stuff. I don't know what he was upset about. <laughs> right. so, so I just took my plate of food and went over and sat in my own little corner, and I go, you know what? I'm going to listen to my real friends, Chris and Neely, and, and, it put, <laughs> and it put me in a good mood, and then I felt so much better after listening to you Nice, Because <laughs> you guys understand me, man. <laughs> what do you think her name is, Chloe? Chloe Dementria. Is that what her name is? Yes. Yeah. Nice enough girl. She was very energetic. Yeah. I liked her. Yeah. She was fun. Yeah. No, she looks like kind of, and kind of, I mean, certainly not built the same way, but her face is sort of the same. Our good friend, Caitlin Bennett. Yeah. A little bit. She's got a little bit of that going on. Sure. She does. Kind of the same face. Yeah. Definitely not the same rack. (laughs) So, you know, it was, it was fun hanging out with Eric and, and, uh, you know, he was, you know, it was like he was like, man, I'm glad to have some friends out here on the road. Sure. You know, so uh, they, you know, after the motels were over and, and they were all going down to do their meet and greet, it, it was about 11 o'clock. I say, yeah, we're going to scoot out of here. Yeah, that's what we did, too, is we were going to hang for a while. And it was like, yeah, fuck this. Let's go. So anyway, we're coming down the stairs from the main room to get out of the place. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of those security people at the bottom yeah. of the stairs. And right. I said, "Do you need to see my ticket to uh, to let me out of here?" And the guy goes, "No." And I said, "Do you need to frisk me before I leave?" 
<laughs> so so Sal thought that was funny for some reason because <laughs> I was just goofing on those people. It's just like holy I, shit. No, it's I like like you're breaking into a bank or something. Yeah, I know, so. and it's just like you know this is exactly the reason why I I just don't like going to shows anymore. Yeah, well, and I get you know what in a way I get it. You know, because everybody will try to. Oh, I understand. That. It's a necessary evil, but it's at that point that yeah, that it's just like, I, yeah, I just don't want to do this anymore. It's just yeah. like hey, this isn't this isn't how a concert experience used to be for me as a as as a boomer. Yeah. You know, we we could go to a show, get your ticket, get that scan, walk right in, go get your seat or wherever it is you were standing and go enjoy the show. Now everything is just locked down and it's tight and it's just, oh, my God, it's it's not fun. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, it's incredibly expensive now, too. I mean, you know, we're lucky enough that we can make phone calls, but. Holy shit, is it expensive to well, go to a fucking show now? Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's going to dovetail exactly right where I was going. <laughs> oh, okay. Go ahead because I, I have stories about this week. I was going to buy some tickets and they priced me out. Well, tell tell me your story because this will just go right into exactly what I had on the slate here. Well, I, I had two shows that I was going to go and see this week or I was going to buy tickets to. One of them, everybody get ready to call me a faggot. I don't care. I was going to go see Janet Jackson. She announced her tour this week. She's playing Rhythm Nation from start to finish. I haven't seen Janet since the Rhythm Nation tour. I wanted to go. Was I'm that 88 or 89? Yeah, something like that. It was when I was in Arizona that I saw her. So okay. it was like 80, yeah, like 89 probably. And um, I wanted to go. And, you know, I'm not going to sit. It's at the, it's at the, um, the Q or whatever it's called now, the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, <laughs> you know, the, the RMF, you know. So I was like, I, I had a friend. He was like, I can get you. He's like, I can get you club seats if you want to get club seats because he's a season ticket Cavs holder or something. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm I'm in. So he hits me up with the pre-sale price. Now, these are not front row. But they're like on the side, but they're probably the best seats for the for the side of the stage. Want to take a guess what the and before that, I'm going to remind you that the last time Janet tried to tour, her tour was canceled because of bad ticket sales. Right. So would you like to guess what the cost was for per ticket for Janet Jackson club seats? I'm going to guess. 450. Not quite that much, but still. 285. Wow. 285 a ticket. Yeah, but if you add in, it, does that include the service charges or is that before service charges? That's before service. All right, so you're looking at 350. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> 350 a piece. Ridiculous. So that one came off the table immediately. And then while I hate their message, I still like their tunes, the Rage Against the Machine tour announced here in Cleveland. Okay. And I haven't seen Rage. I've only seen them once. So I thought about going to see Rage. Rage's tickets, first of all, most of them are general admission. 150 a ticket hmm. for Rage Against the Machine. Right. A band that had, what, three records? Three, three or four records, maybe. 
evil empire. Yeah, and 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 are supposedly fighting the man. Yeah, they were fighting the man there. <laughs> Jesus Christ, 150 in service. Fuck that. So needless to say, I didn't spend any money on fucking concert tickets this week. Yeah, I wanted to, but no, I'm not spending 285 to see. I I don't know that I would spend 300 bucks to see Janet play my backyard. Honestly, I don't think I would spend that. Fuck that, dude. And then, you know, what's it going to cost to park down there? Another 50, you know, another 50 for that. And then a a beer will be 16. So four of those, that's fucking 80 more dollars. Well, when I parked at the house of blues, uh, a week ago, Thursday, it was $37. Yeah. And it's our, our parking over at house of blues was 20, which isn't terrible, but, but it was 20 bucks. It was like, okay. You know, is what it is. I mean, I don't look if it's somebody I really, really, really want to see, I might go, but I'm not, I'm not paying. I wouldn't pay two eighty five if they found a way to re reincarnate Vinny and Dimebag. <laughs> I would not pay that to see Pantera. Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't pay that to go see day on the green again. And that's like my favorite show ever. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay that to see that. No way. Dude, that's fucking crazy. When you're starting to talk that you're, you're making decisions between a car payment and a concert, that's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I man. agree. I completely agree. Just fucking crazy. Yeah. And especially with this, this new way that they sell these tickets about the, the, about the price fluctuation. Mm-hmm. You know, just just go into Ticketmaster or Live Nation, and and as soon as you log on to the site, you get that pop up screen. Ticket prices may fluctuate, you know, during the course of your uh, yeah of of your purchase. Well, not only that, or sometimes you go to a venue's, you go to the venue's website, and you click to buy the tickets, and you get taken to fucking bullshittickets.org. Yeah. You know, you get taken to a secondary market. They don't even sell the tickets anymore. Yeah. They just let the secondary market sell them. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, it's, it's fuck that. Man. Yeah. Well, my, my ticket buying days are over. I think so for me, too. I mean, I'll go like Jackal keeps posting it. I'm aware, Jackal. April 6th, I think, is the date. Night Demon and Satan, 25 bucks. I'm aware. You know, I'm probably going to go to it. But, you know. That, that's not a good answer because basically the answer everybody's throwing up here and I'm seeing other people that are posting, well, it's only 20 bucks to see these guys or this band or whatever. Yeah, I get all that. But basically what you're saying is I can't go see a, a successful band. Yeah. I have to go see a failed band that I might like their songs and then stand in a fucking cold, damp bar. <laughs> which I don't want to do. Yeah. I I, and I get it. Yeah. And I want to go to a show. I want a seat. I want to be comfortable. I want to get a drink or two or three and just enjoy the fucking show. You know, I don't want to stand in a cattle call <laughs> and for $285. Yeah. I I'm, Trust me, dude. I get it. It's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Well, uh, Mark Miller sent this over. Okay. Internet tickets touts who use bots buy thousands of tickets to events including Ed Sheerhan and uh Taylor Swift concert then resold them for seven million dollars in profit. Oh. They're guilty of fraud in a landmark trial. Good. Good. Give them a hundred and fifty years. Fuck two, them. 
Two internet uh, touts who resold tickets to top music concerts for a profit of almost $7 million have been found guilty of fraud following a landmark trial. Peter Hunter, 51, and civil partner uh, David Smith, 66, used multiple identities and computer bots to buy $4 million worth of tickets to high-priced acts such as Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran for over two and a half years. Where'd they get the $4 million to do this? I don't know. Jesus. The pair who traded as TicketWiz and BZZ would sell thousands of tickets at the inflated prices to secondary websites for $10.8 million. Wow. The prosecution is the first of its kind in the UK since the National Trading Standards began investigating and reselling of tickets on the Internet in 2017. Okay. During a three-month uh, trial uh, prosecution, the barrister and, and said the pair were internet ticket touts, T-O-U-T-S, okay. who harvested and resold large number of tickets to a range of events, including West End hits like Harry Potter and The Cursed Child. Hmm, the Cursed Child? Well. They sold like tickets on secondary ticketing sites, including The Big Four, Via Gogo, Via Gogo, Get Mine, StubHub, and SeatWave. Okay. Ed Sheeran's manager, Stuart Camp, gave ed evidence in December when he told the jury he had spotted $75 seats for a charity gig on sale for $7,000. <laughs> charity gig, seven grand. Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> Who who was the who was the sponsor of that Hillary Clinton? <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan Sandiford prosecuting told the jury that Hunter and Smith were dishonest fraudsters motivated by greed. Yeah. But Hunter, who originally is from Dublin and Smith who is from London argued that they did nothing wrong. Hunter's defense team told the jury that they were a trusted and reliable source of tickets and pointed to the thousands of positive reviews Hunter had when he started outselling them on eBay. Mm. Ben Douglas Jones, uh, the QC for Hunter, said that his client was no more greedy than other businessmen providing a service. You know what? In a, in a, in a way, he's right. I mean, dude, and this is, I, I'll blame the, I'll blame like Live Nation is the guilt is the guilty one here more than these guys right no i i know plenty of people that buy like season tickets for football yeah for you know for the browns or whatever and they get they know that they can get big big markup well buy, that's you know, one thing but but they did this in a fraudulent manner using bots and multiple identities Okay, but what difference does it make? Because, because it it uh, it uh, it uh, defrauded the the fair market system. It wasn't well, they it wasn't tickets though, well, right? Well, the yes and no. They they were able to like uh, keep people like you and I from being able to get decent tickets by creating a, a false presence, I guess, if you want to call it that. And and buying up all the tickets for for personal, um, you know, yeah, gain. But, but in, the, in the end, they bought the tickets, right? They, they did. But my point is, is that isn't there? It doesn't like Ticketmaster or Live Nation have 
something about where you have to uh, uh, prove that it's you. On some shows, yeah. Yeah. Well, on some shows, you're right. They do. And and I get that that's part, you know, that might be a, a fraudulent thing. But in theory, and again, I'm just theorizing here. If Metallica was coming to whatever venue that holds 18,000. Yeah. And I've got enough money to buy every one of those tickets. Am I not allowed to do that? You are. But but if you bought them as Chris Aiken and you said, give me 100 tickets, that's one thing. But right. but what they did is they created a a bot that that just buys them. Yeah, just buys them and and under a, a bunch of different, um, you know, maybe maybe there's one that says, well, you only have like a four ticket limit. Yeah, yeah, that it's really a situation, and I agree with you. I'm not I'm not trying to argue this point. I agree that it's fucking bullshit that. You know, Rage Against the Machine, as an example, went on sale at 10 o'clock on Friday here mm-hmm. and sold out, sold out 18,000 tickets at, by like 10 after. No fucking way. Yeah. No fucking way that that ha- it's just not physically possible to do that. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, it's it, it's bullshit. And I and I certainly agree with you on that. I just I, I honestly think that the only way. And I, I haven't figured out why they haven't done it this way yet is why they don't make you just fucking be accountable for your tickets. If you buy them, if you buy your tickets, let's say that you're going to whoever you two, you know, whoever the tour is, mm-hmm. if you're going to you two, let's say you and Sal, were going to go to you two, because that seems reasonably sure. <laughs> you and Sal at you two. Sure. Yeah, that'll happen. But Let's say that you and Sal were going to go to you too. Yeah. Why can't they make you buy the tickets and say, okay, it's me plus one. But in order for either ticket to be used, you have to provide your ID or a credit card or something, the credit card that was used on the purchase. Right. And I know, and, and, and make it more of a thing of, well, if you don't, provide that then you're fucked if your friend decides not to go then you're just fucked you lose the money you know but that would end all of this piracy yeah it it would create it would create a different problem but a much less of a problem yeah because let's face it no matter when you buy concert tickets the average person the average person buys their concert tickets 99 percent of the time they go right I would think so. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever sat more than let's say twice that you, is there, are there more than two times in your life where you bought two bought concert tickets and did not go? Yeah. For whatever it's reason? very, it, it was a very rare circumstance that that ever happened. So in that circumstance, let's say that the tickets were a hundred dollars. You would eat the hundred dollars. Yeah. You did eat the hundred dollars, I'm assuming. Yeah, unless you could, you know, say, hey, "I can't go." You want to buy these tickets? Yeah, but if the only penalty was that, if the penalty was that you had to eat the price of the tickets, versus having to pay six hundred dollars for those same fucking tickets because a bunch of scalper people buy up all the tickets first, isn't that a better solution? I would agree. You know it. it and, and it's all electronic, so they know who buys the tickets. 
you can't just buy those tickets anonymously. You got to give your fucking life story in order to buy them. <laughs> it's just like getting into the house of blues. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah, I know. You know, well, it, it's, I, again, it's, it's just all the minutia you have to go, go through these days just to go to a fucking show. Yeah. Yeah. And, and did I not see this week that these fucking ass munchers at live nation said the ticket prices are not high enough. <laughs> Did you see that? I did not see that. I'm going to look that up because they literally said the ticket should be more expensive. Five nations says tickets. More expensive. Where's this? I know they did. Here we go. Um, From ultimateguitar.com. I just grabbed the first one. Headline is live nation thinks concert tickets are too cheap and should be more expensive. (laughs) Since 1996, the average price for a top 100 event in North America rose over 250%. Uh, MarketWatch reports that executives at Live Nation and Ticketmaster have said they found the concert tickets underpriced, adding that they see it as a potential area for growth. Live Nation Entertainment Chief Executive Michael Rapino told Liberty Media Corporation investors last month that concert tickets are an incredible bargain relative to other entertainment options and that increasing prices is a huge opportunity for our bottom line yeah fuck you in 2019 the average ticket price for a top 100 worldwide tours increased by 23 percent rising to uh 96 dollars and 17 cents since 1996 the average price of a top 100 event in North America rose over 250%. Uh, Bertold said that the vast majority of shows are very reasonably priced for fans, <laughs> pointing to amphitheater lawn seats priced in the $30 range. You can, and then it goes on from there, but uh, no, those aren't good seats, you dicks. Yeah, those seats are cheap at 34. First of all, they're really not $30 a seat anymore. They're about 50. Yeah. And they suck. <laughs> those seats are terrible. You can't hear. The sound is awful. You always end up with the one fucking asshole that stands. You know, when you when you're trying to sit there on the fucking lawn and relax a little bit, you get that one fucking cocksucker that stands up in front of you. Yeah. Always. You know, those seats are bullshit. You might as well sit in the fucking parking lot and pay 20 bucks. It's the same fucking experience, you dickhead. Yeah, absolutely. And I guarantee you this dickhead that said that doesn't sit in the lawn at his shows. He comps himself tickets in the first 10 rows. Fuck you, Berktold. <laughs> asshole. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you think he said, I mean, honestly, do you think that do you think that guy has sat on the lawn at a show in the last 10 years? No. Fuck no, because if he did, he would realize that 30 bucks is a ripoff for a fucking lawn seat. Yeah, I'll I'll just sit at home and watch it on YouTube. Yeah, that's free, but that's probably the best bargain, right? Burke told you fucking dick muncher. (laughs) Fuck you, (laughs) asshole. He said the prosecutors focused on a high profile, high sought after events missed the fact that the sellers like Hunter, who is originally from Dublin, uh, provided a valuable service to acts who struggle to sell out venues. He argued that his service allowed punters to find tickets who find it difficult to be available to buy from the primary sellers 
in the tiny windows when tickets are issued. Hunter told his trial, uh, said at his trial, how he was working as a chef in London in 2000, and a waiter asked him to buy four Madonna tickets for her as she did not have a credit card. He said he bought six more and sold the $50 tickets on eBay for more than a hundred bucks a piece. Yeah, of course. After this, he started to sell the tickets on a regular basis on eBay and set up a ticket whiz in 2004. He used eBay until the website stopped allowing direct secondary ticketing and he progressed to using a range of secondary websites. Hunter said he started out buying six to eight tickets at a time and David Smith buying the same. Well, uh, see, I don't have a problem with that because they were buying them direct. Yeah. They they weren't doing it by creating a, a bot and, you know, creating a hundred different profiles and, right, you know, all sure. this and that. It was just David Smith and uh, Hunter out there going on Ticketmaster and buying 10 tickets and reselling them. I, me, right. I don't have a problem with that. Right. But then he asked, then he started using family and friends cards before developing a portfolio of identities and using technology to uh, hoover up the tickets. To Hoover him up, huh? Yep. <laughs> All right. Mr. Douglas Jones said that his client did not shirk from the fact that some of the of his actions breached the terms and conditions of the primary ticket seller. That's where I was going with this. Right. Uh, but he said that uh, this did not constitute a criminal offense and told the jury it was known across the industry that many of the terms and conditions were unenforceable. Yeah. Yeah, because there's there's too many of them. Yeah. He told the jury he lived in a society where things are bought and sold. They are only sold at a price which people are willing to pay for them. Of course, the market dictates, you know, the price. Mm -hmm. Hunter and Smith were both found guilty of fraudulent trading and possession, uh, possession of articles for fraud on Thursday. The judge uh, told Hunter and Smith that they will be sentenced on Monday, February 24th. He said, just because I'm granting you bail does not mean to say that the custodial sentence is not open to the court. A leading ticket fraud expert said the convictions of Hunter and Smith should spark a wider criminal investigation into the reselling of tickets. Reg Walter from blah, blah, blah said the prosecution of the men was groundbreaking and should be just the beginning. He said this verdict means that many of the tickets sold through resale platforms such as StubHub uh, via GoGo were acquired unlawfully and that these companies may be uh, reasonably suspected of benefiting from the proceeds of crime. Yeah. There should now be a full criminal investigation into these platforms and their relationships with ticket uh, touts acquiring and reselling tens of thousands of tickets in the same manner. Mr. Walker said, this should be the uh, start of an investigation, not the end. He said, this is one step, albeit a huge step in giving fans a much better chance at getting tickets at face value. Mr. Walker and Hunter was one of the biggest touts operating in the UK in terms of volume of tickets he was selling, but added, there are literally hundreds like Hunter out there. Mr. Right. Walker said that the long-running trial had exposed new evidence about the close relationship between the touts and the secondary ticketing giants. He said, why was a little man from uh, Toutum 
with no allocation able to purchase tens of thousands of tickets and sell them on a hiked up prices. They do not know. They did not know. And that needs to be investigated. Well, yeah, dude, it's a, unfortunately, and, and I agree that what these guys did was, was illegal and, you know, they should get some sentence. You know, they should get some, some, something happened to them. They should be sentenced to work the ticketing booth at a show for 10 years or something. Right. Oh, so, but they're not the problem. Well, I agree. I agree. You know, yeah. It's like, it's like busting the, uh, you know, the, the little nickel and dime guy on the street selling drugs. But the guy who's really the guy behind it is, is your, uh, is your friend there. Uh, what's his name? Rick Ross. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're, they're, dude, it's, it's, it's like your, all your food goes bad because your refrigerator dies and you blame it for, and you blame the weather for not being cold enough. Right. You know, it's fucking stupid. It's how about you, how about you start cracking down on all these fucking ticketing sites? Well, that's what they're doing. They're saying this is one step closer to getting to those people. Why do you got to start at the bottom and work your way up? How well, about you start with StubHub? Well, because, because you have to find out, you have to be able to uh find the crime in well who's who's using StubHub to as a service and and StubHub is now uh a platform to allow people who were gotten the ill-gotten tickets and now you're in breach of the law by allowing these people to sell on your platform see but here's where i think that this, this would be easy to do if you find me a show that's going on t- on sale next Friday, I promise you the tickets are on StubHub today with some crazy price. Today, a week before they're even on sale. If they're not on sale to the public and they're on sale on a StubHub, you should be able to bust StubHub for fucking illegally, cr- you know, selling something that they don't fucking have. Yeah. I mean, that, that should be... That should be one way to shut it down. Well, the the interesting thing is, and and that goes back to the question that they asked, is how is this guy had no connection to the industry or anything, able to purchase tens of thousands of tickets? Yeah. Well, if he developed a way of being able to access that many tickets and, say, sell them on StubHub or whatever, Mm -hmm. would it be interesting to find out if StubHub said, hey, you got a good gimmick there, we'll fund you? If you go get those tickets for us. Yeah. Dude, it doesn't, it, it, it's all a scam now. All these fucking big companies have figured out ways to fuck their fans. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is that, you know, they may find out that these big secondary ticket sellers are, 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 uh, bankrolling these guys, like guys like that to go, Hey, if you go get those tickets, we'll bankroll your purchases. Yeah. You know, if you guarantee that we get, you know, say they, they say, well, we work with StubHub and we work with, you know, these other things. We'll make sure we get 70% of those tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I'm sure that's going on. You know, I mean, I don't know for a fact. That, but but I, that's I, what I'm saying. I see how this could lead to that. Yeah. Well, they got to do something, and, but you know, in the end, you know who's really the most guilty? Us. Yeah, for for putting up with it and and funding it. Yeah, it's it's got to reach a point 
And I know for me, I think I've pretty much reached that point, even though I'm still looking at tickets. It's, I have a set amount that I will spend for a show and it varies a little bit from show to show, but I just won't spend it. You know, I mean, go back to that show that, that John's been trying to get me to go to the white snake and Steve and uh, Sammy Hagar. And um, who's the other band on that show? Tesla, maybe whoever it is. I don't even remember, but I'd like to go. I would love to go, but there's no way in fuck. Am I going to spend $200 to go to a venue that I don't like to see three bands that I've seen before? Right. One that I know stinks live. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I'm not going to do it. And I know I said this at the time a year ago, and it's literally one year ago, almost this week, but Metallica ended it for me. Yeah. When I went and I spent an ass load of money to sit one or two rows from the top of the fucking Wiccan, the queue, and then I had shitty sound and their fucking box things that they have made it so I couldn't see the fucking stage. And that was the best that I could buy was $400 for fucking two tickets. I'm done, man. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. You know, I, I went, I went a lot of years where I didn't ask for tickets for anything. Now I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big greedy fuck. I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking for tickets for anything. I interviewed Mark Kendall this week specifically so I could go see slaughter next week and get myself guest listed. And that's the truth. Yeah. Well, Hey, whatever, you know, cause I'm not willing to spend $75 or whatever to see them. Yeah. It's not willing to do it. No, I agree. It's just the way it is, man. You could, you know, thankfully I'm in a position where I can just ask for tickets for shit, you know, but man, oh man, I feel for people. I, it, it, they wonder why the industry's in such bad shape it's because nobody can afford to fucking support the industry anymore. I mean, who can afford, you know, you got all these concerts going this summer and the overwhelming thing that I hear from friends and stuff that are going to these tickets when they're not asking me, which that's a whole nother problem. I get asked about every show. Hey buddy, could you get me some tickets? <laughs> like I'm fucking ticket master. <laughs> but you know, the, the one thing I hear from everybody is they're picking their, their, their one show to go to now. Yeah. I can afford to go to one show this summer. Do I go to the Motley tour or do I go to the, rage against the machine show or dude, even they announced this week, um, um, lamb of God and, and Megadeth at, at the, uh, Nautica. So it's not even a big venue. Those tickets are a hundred and a quarter, hundred and a quarter to see a show at Nautica. Fuck you. <laughs> they say much bigger than my backyard. Right. You know what? What the fuck is that? A hundred and a, and a quarter for that. And you're competing with boats that are going by honking their horns and shit. Fuck you. <laughs> Hail and kill call. You're on the air. Hey guys, what's going on? This is John alphabet. All right, John alphabet. Where are you from? I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. What's on your mind tonight? I agree a hundred percent with you guys on the concert tickets. It's insane. I, and I've been to probably. 300 shows in the past 20 years myself, but these past years, I'm pretty much going to say no from now on. (laughs) 
What's the last thing that you went to that you feel like you paid too much to see? Uh, let's see. Um, thank God it wasn't me that paid for it, but it was two years ago. Saw Duran Duran, probably fifth row. Four hundred dollars. Wow. Four hundred dollars. Yeah. Duran Duran. Yeah. Duran Duran. Yep. That's and, uh, that's that's a pricey ticket for Duran Duran. Is it all original members? I, I agree. Uh, except the guitar player. The uh, four original members guitar player has been gone, I'd say, probably 10 years now. Mm. But were they, they, were they were great, Bob. Were, were they worth they were really 400 good. bucks? I wouldn't have paid for it. What, what was it for your chick? Is that the lie you're going to tell us? No, not a lie. My sister paid for it. The <laughs> one that, you know, like we saw Sebastian Bach last year. Um, LA Guns, all that. She likes to do the meet and greets and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And You've called before, haven't you? Yeah, he is. I have never called. I have sent a lot of emails. Oh, maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because I usually never get the opportunity to call because I'm usually at work. But today I had an opportunity. I was like, let me call him up because I've been listening now for maybe four years. Cool. And yeah. and how did you originally find us? I am a huge Dawkins fan. I got gotcha. you. I love listening to... Yeah, I love listening to Don Dawkins interviews, and I was like, what is this classic metal show? Let me check it out, and I loved your guys' humor. I, it, it, you guys trip me out every time I listen. Yeah, we're funny fucks. <laughs> Y'all are funny fucks, and I enjoy it. <laughs> and how old are you? I am 41 years old. All right, well, you're in that age range. Do you own a gun? I do not own a gun yet. Are you going to go get one after our first hour of the show? Um, what happens after one hour after the show? No, you didn't hear the, you didn't hear the first hour of the show tonight. I, I started listening when y'all started talking about ticket prices. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, don't, don't shoot yourself for missing the first hour. <laughs> oh, I'm going to check it out later. I'll, I'll always check out the segments later on when I don't get a chance to listen live. I gotcha. All right, man. Is that it? Well, I just wanted to say you guys are awesome and, uh, just wanted to give you all a call. All right. All right. You're right, so thanks. <laughs> no, you got it, Chris. All right. Hail and kill. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pals. And hang tough. <laughs> and hang tough. <laughs> Throw back to last week. <laughs> yeah, let's see, there is a guy who listens. Yeah, no doubt. That's funny. Yeah. Well, That's the first time anybody's actually done that. That's funny. That's the first time anybody's ever gone with the hang tough. Yeah, with the hang tough. That's funny. Yeah, I like that. It is. Got to be creative. <laughs> All right. To finish this up, reselling for reselling for major music and cultural events is a huge and controversial market. Anyone who has tried to book seats to see major music stars or blockbuster stage productions knows the frustration of failure only to find the same tickets for sale on a so-called secondary site, often at a much inflated price. For some, for some, the ability to resell tickets at whatever price the market will support is a legitimate expression of free commerce, which spreads opportunity for people to attend events or dispose of unwanted tickets. For many others, including some of the most famous names in entertainment, touts using multiple identities and technology to gobble up dozens of tickets before the real punters get their chance are simply ripping off legitimate fans. 
Ed, yeah. Ed Sheeran is uh, perhaps the most prominent international artist who has spoken out about the problem of secondary ticket marketing, the ticket market, and tried to find ways to beat the touts at his gigs. The prosecution of Hunter and Smith is the first national trading standards who have begun investigating bulk ticket resellers in April of 2017. But the UK authorities have spent years investigating concerns about the secondary ticketing market. Uh, trying to force change on the major players, including the so-called Big Four websites, Viagogo, StubHub, GetMine, and SeatWave. GetMine and SeatWave, which were owned by one of the biggest players in the primary ticketing market, Ticketmaster, have subsequently closed down. And at the end of the year, the size of the business was uh, underlined when Viagogo launched a takeover of StubHub for a reported $4 billion. So there's a lot of money in that whole thing. A move the New York Times said would create a behemoth in the growth market for ticket resales. The reselling of tickets by touts is thought to be worth up to $700 million in the UK alone. The now-defunct Office of Fair Trading first published the report of the secondary ticketing industry in 2005, and and its successor, the Competition and Markets Authority, has spent almost a decade grappling with the big four over their practices. At various stages, the firms have given undertaking. uh, At various stages, the firms have given undertakings to give improved information to buyers about the tickets listed on their sites information including if there is a restriction that could result in buyers being denied access to an event and people should know if the seller is a is a business or an event organizer but the cma was forced to take high profile court action against via gogo when it ignored the authority last month the cma issued its latest warning telling StubHub it could be breaking consumer laws and telling the company to make changes to its website or risk court action. The authority said it is concerned that the reseller is not complying with uh, commitments it made to clean up the site. Hmm. Well, until they file it, it's just words. Yeah, true. You know, and StubHub has a shit ton of money. So, I mean, think about it for them. If the fine, let's say the fine is $300 million. Right. It's probably worth it to them. And it's a lot of money, but in the, in the scope of the amount of business they do, what is $300 million? That is them? absolutely true. You know, they don't give a fuck. They're like, fuck it. We'll just keep breaking the law. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll pay the fine and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. It's like Facebook, just, you know. Facebook consistently fucking breaks all the goddamn rules when it comes to privacy and they just pay the fines. Yeah. Don't give a shit. It's like, fuck it. We got a hundred billion dollars. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I, I am not, um, uh, I have zero desire to, uh, you know, go through Ticketmaster or second, excuse me, secondary markets to, uh, buy tickets ain't happening. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you there. It's it's over for me. I'm done. Yep. It's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Fuck you, pal. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I say we take a break. You got something you'd like to hear? I let's see. Yeah. Um how about I'm going to go obscure. I want to hear the song Rats in the Maze 
by the band Loudmouth. How about that? Okay. That's obscure as fuck. That is, that is pretty obscure. Yeah. They're from your area. They're from Chicago. They had one record and gone. Yeah. Loudmouth Rats in the Maze, huh? Rats in the Maze. It's a good tune. Well, if you said so. How much would you go see, uh, <laughs> how much would you, uh, uh, pay to see, pay, pay to go see loudmouth two fifty? Oh, three, three, four hundred. Yeah. Easy. Easy. I mean, that's what I would pay to bring them in. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I got it. Okay, good. Yep. I got it. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, play some loudmouth. So here it is. It's rats in a maze exclusively here on your classic metal show. <laughs> 